Chapter Two of the Little Colonel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Little Colonel by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter Two. Mom Beck carried the ironing board out of the hot kitchen, set the irons off the stove, and then tiptoed out to the side porch of the little cottage. Is your head feelin' any better, honey? she said to the pretty, girlish-looking woman lying in the hammock. I promised to step up to the hotel this evening to see one of the chambermaids. I thought I'd take the little colonel along with me if you was willin'. She's always wild to play with Mrs. Wyford's children up there. Yes, I'm better, Becky, was the languid reply. Put a clean dress on Lloyd if you are going to take her out. Mrs. Sherman closed her eyes again, thinking gratefully. Dear, faithful old Becky, what a comfort she has been all my life, first as my nurse, and now as Lloyd's. She is worth her weight in gold. The afternoon shadows were stretching long across the grass when Mom Beck led the child up the green slope in front of the hotel. The little colonel had danced along so gaily with Fritz that her cheeks glowed like wild roses. She made a quaint little picture with such short sunny hair and dark eyes shining out from under the broad-brimmed white hat she wore. Several ladies who were sitting on the shady piazza, busy with their embroidery, noticed her admiringly. It's Elizabeth Lloyd's little daughter, one of them explained. Don't you remember what a scene there was some years ago when she married a New York man? Sherman, I believe his name was, Jack Sherman. He was a splendid fellow, and enormously wealthy. Nobody could say a word against him except that he was a northerner. That was enough for the old colonel, though. He hates Yankees like poison. He stormed and swore, and forbade Elizabeth ever coming in his sight again. He had a room locked up, and not a soul on the place ever dares mention her name in his hearing. The little colonel sat down demurely on the piazza steps to wait for the children. The nurse had not finished dressing them for the evening. She amused herself by showing Fritz the pictures in an illustrated weekly. It was not long until she began to feel that the ladies were talking about her. She had lived among older people so entirely that her thoughts were much deeper than her baby's speeches would lead one to suppose. She understood dimly, from what she had heard the servants say, there was some trouble between her mother and grandfather. Now she heard it rehearsed from beginning to end. She could not understand what they meant by bank failures and unfortunate investments, but she understood enough to know that her father had lost nearly all his money and had gone west to make more. Mrs. Sherman had moved from their elegant New York home two weeks ago to this little college in Lloydsboro that her mother had left her. Instead of the household servants they used to have, there was only faithful Mom Beck to do everything. There was something magnetic in the child's eyes. Mrs. Wyford shrugged her shoulders uneasily as she caught their piercing gaze fixed on her. I do believe that little witch understands every word I said, she exclaimed. Oh, certainly not, was the reassuring answer. She's such a little thing. But she had heard it all and understood enough to make her vaguely unhappy. Going home, she did not frisk along with Fritz, but walked soberly by Mom Beck's side, holding tightly to the friendly black hand. We'll go through the woods, said Mom Beck, lifting her over the fence. It's not so long that way. As they followed the narrow, straggling path into the cold dusk of the woods, she began to sing. The crooning chant was as mournful as a funeral dirge. The clouds hang heavy, and it's going to wane. Farewell, my dying friends. I'm going to lie in the silent tomb. Farewell, my dying friends. 
a muffled little sob made her stop and look down in surprise why what's the matter honey she exclaimed did emma louise make you mad or is you crying because you are so tired come old becky'll tote her baby the rest of the way she picked the light form up in her arms and pressing the troubled little face against her shoulder resumed her walk and her song it's a world of trouble we're travelin through farewell my dying friends oh don't mom beck sobbed the child throwing her arms around the woman's neck and crying as though her heart would break land sakes what is the matter she asked in alarm she sat down on a mossy log took off the white hat and looked into the flushed tearful face oh it makes me so lonesome when you sing that way wailed the little colonel i just can't stand it mom beck is my mother's heart all broken is that why she is sick so much and will it kill her sure enough who's been telling you such nonsense asked the woman sharply some ladies at the hotel were talking about it they said that grandfather didn't love her any more and it was just a killin her mom beck frowned fiercely the child's grief was so deep and intense that she did not know just how to quiet her then she said decidedly well if that's all that's a trouble on you you can just get down and walk home on your own legs your mamma's a grievin because your papa has to be away all the time she's all worn out too with the work of movin when she's never been used to doin anything but her heart isn't broke any more'n my neck is the positive words and the decided toss mom beck gave her head settled the matter for the little colonel she wiped her eyes and stood up much relieved don't you never go to worryin about what you hears continued the woman i tell you pintedly you can't never believe what you hears why doesn't grandfather love my mother asked the child as they came inside of the cottage she puzzled over the naughty problem all the way home how can papas not love their little girls cause he's stubborn was the unsatisfactory answer all the lloyds is your mamma's stubborn and you stubborn i'm not shrieked the little colonel stamping her foot you shan't call me names then she saw a familiar white hand waving to her from the hammock and she broke away from mom beck with very red cheeks and very bright eyes cuddled close in her mother's arms she had a queer feeling that she had grown a great deal older in that short afternoon maybe she had for the first time in her little life she kept her troubles to herself and did not once mention the thought that was uppermost in her mind yo great aunt sally tyler is comin this mornin said mom beck the day after their visit to the hotel do for goodness sake keep yourself clean i's got too many spring chickens to dress to think about dressin you up again did i ever see her before questioned the little colonel why yes the day we moved here don't you know she came and stayed so long and the rocker broke off the little white rockin chair when she sat down in it oh now i know laughed the child she's the big fat one with curls hangin round her yells like shavin's i don't like her mom beck she keeps a kissin me all the time and a queezin me and tellin me to sit on her lap and be a little lady mom beck i despise to be a little lady there was no answer to her last remark mom beck had stepped into the pantry for more eggs for the cake she was making fritz said the little colonel 
Your great aunt Sally Tyler's comin' this mornin', and if you don't want to say howdy to her, you'll have to come with me. A few minutes later, a resolute little figure squeezed between the palings of the garden fence down by the gooseberry bushes. Now walk on your tiptoes, Fritz, commanded the little colonel, else somebody will call us back. Mom Beck, busy with her extra baking, supposed she was with her mother on the shady vine-covered porch. She would not have been singing quite so gaily if she could have seen a half-mile up the road. The little colonel was sitting in the weeds by the railroad track, deliberately taking off her shoes and stockings. Just like a little nigger, she said delightedly as she stretched out her bare feet. Mom Beck says I ought to know better, but it does feel so good. No telling how long she might have sat there enjoying the forbidden pleasure of dragging her rosy toes through the warm dust, if she had not heard a horse's hoofbeats coming rapidly along. Fritz, it's Grandfather, she whispered in alarm, recognizing the erect figure of the rider in its spotless suit of white duck. Shh! Lie down in the weeds! Quick! Lie down, I say! They both made themselves as flat as possible, and lay there panting with the exertion of keeping still. Presently the little colonel raised her head cautiously. Oh! He's gone down that lane! she exclaimed. Now you can get up. After a moment's deliberation she asked, Fritz! Would you rather have some strawberries and be tied up for running away, or not be tied up and not have any of those nice days and strawberries? End of chapter two. Recording by Maria Therese.